It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. You're here with Justin, Issa, and Jimmy for the post-AEW Dynamite Wednesday night podcast on the Wrestling Channel across all of the platforms. Good evening to all you people live, and hello to anybody else listening or watching everywhere, anywhere in the world uh, at a later time. Going to be a fun one here tonight, but first, pleasantries while everybody uh, comes in and finds their seat, as one Jack Farmer would say. Issa, first off, how are you? Uh, back from San Antonio, and as I always find myself now telling you, after uh, you, you're making these big trips, you once again killed it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. Tire. I still haven't slept. I still have so much content, so much, so many things to edit and upload, but it was a very productive, exciting weekend. Who was your favorite interview for the weekend? Dominic Mysterio. Dominic. <laughs> I, I love the way I love the way he was dressed too. You know, Dominic stayed in character and did my interview in Spanish. As you know, I go out there with Lucha Libre Online, which is our Spanish network. So any content that I can get in Spanish is a major plus. But he stayed in character, killed it. I I, I loved it. I loved it. Awesome, awesome. And uh, give give the plug real quick. We'll do a plug out top. Where can people find uh, the content? Um, they can go see some of the interviews are up on Lucha Libre online and they can follow me on YouTube, NYC Demon Diva. I do have a lot of things coming up this week, including the vlog, some of the reactions, because, you know, Justin Labar, we started with reactions. We can't stop doing those now. Um, but I don't know if they told you this. You know, we missed the entire bloodline breakup. No. What, why? What happened? Oh, because you guys were getting ushered yeah. down to the press conference. Right. Ugh. As soon as they counted one, two, three, they came and got us. I heard the crowd go crazy, so I turned it on on my phone, but we missed it. So I didn't get to see the story that I'm the most invested in. I missed the entire breakup, but it was done beautifully. I'm, I'm very proud of how they told that story, but yeah, we didn't get to see it. <laughs> that's, oh, you know, because that's I, I've never gone, I, I've never done the press box in the big stadiums. The only time right. I've done the WWE press for, because you know me, I like to be able to sit and have beers and what have you, and mm-hmm. I can't do that if I'm doing press. The only time right. I've is I've been sitting lower bowl, like hard camera section for takeovers. And that's an easy, just go down the thing, get behind the curtain and they take you to the press conference room. So you can do that quick. Yeah. But I guess the stadium, you got to take an elevator all the way. And... Yeah. The, the press box. Oh. No, it was, it was stairs too at the Alamo though. They made us go down to the basement oh. in the stairs. When I did the press conference for war games, they had us sitting in the lower bowl. So it was easy. We were there in just a few minutes. So I did get to see the entire ending. They didn't have to come get us before, but everybody that you saw at the, at the scrum, we were all watching it from our phones inside the room like everybody else we didn't get to see it live we heard the pop it was loud we heard it all the way in the basement but we didn't get to see it oh wow well i guess i can't <laughs> oh man well nonetheless still uh still a great weekend for you but i did not what? even think about that but as soon as you said it it popped in my head they had to get you guys all the way down yeah oh man jimmy Cordaires. i mean <laughs> jimmy it's like every other day you and i are just yeah. <laughs> about wrestling. good to see you again Good to see you too. Good to see you, Isa. I'm glad you had a great trip in in San Antonio there for the uh, Rumble weekend. Um, you. you know, I, I don't know how to follow up that that little uh, adventure. That's for sure. But uh, uh, I'm just here trying to stay warm, and things I'm sure will heat up here on our podcast tonight. I'm I'm sure that they will. Uh, there's no <laughs> short. You know, you know, it's an interesting night when I send a text to Jimmy in the first five minutes of dynamite because i couldn't resist oh we were talking we were talking about jimmy on my stream 10 minutes into it oh oh oh, i can only imagine (laughs) 
it's probably I can I can text because I'm doing a live stream, but I will tell you I I bring you guys up because I'm always like oh I can't wait to talk about this with them and and my chat was bringing you up, Jamie, because of things that were happening. So oh cool, <laughs> it's probably it's probably about the same time that I text them. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. uh well uh before we get into the news headlines again thanks to everybody who's uh again filing in here on the live uh stream in the chat room we appreciate all the all the regular characters we uh see and we love the loyalty again please like comment subscribe uh whether it's on youtube whether you're you're whether you're watching on facebook or if you're watching on twitch uh if you're doing the audio only you know apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast from if you leave the five star rating that's going to be the most good for the for this podcast and our channel um you know we got a lot of exciting things going on here for 2023 so the better you guys can give us those ratings and marks uh the more uh support we are going to get in every which way and support means we can do more things support means maybe more traveling support things maybe it just means everything more so uh if you got a quick second we would appreciate doing that of course this podcast free to consume uh, which we love and hope that you enjoy every single week, all week long here on Wrestling Inc. All right, let's go ahead and jump into some news. Uh, we got two, one WWE related and one AEW. I'll I'll do the WWE first, and then we'll do we'll be all hands on deck for AEW for the remainder of the uh, podcast. Uh, this coming from Fightful Select. Uh, they reported uh, just earlier this evening about um, Brock Lesnar and a little bit of backstage heat that he might currently have uh, after some after the Royal Rumble. Of course, if you saw Rumble, Brock did get eliminated by Bobby Lashley and then proceeded to blow up and explode. Well, that part, it seems, was scripted. You know, Brock's going to react big. He's going to sell the anger, sell the, the moment of Bobby eliminated him. But some elements of Brock's blow up was not necessarily known. Uh, most notably, uh, when Brock, as he's trying to be restrained by the referees, sends uh, one of the referees, I believe his first name is Eddie, into the first row. That was not planned. Actually, that referee from what Fightful's reporting was supposed to be the one who was going to be raising Cody's hand after Cody wins the rumble that couldn't happen because now Eddie has to sell this and go to the back. So, you know, uh, Jimmy, it naturally natural for me to go to you, the ref here, um, you know, and Fightful does note, I mean, how much heat can, there, I mean, backstage heat for Brock Lesnar translates different. He's not going to be fired. He's not going to be what have you. Um, but still when, when you do something that nobody's expecting, especially when it involves physicality on somebody else, especially physicality on a, on, on a role player, like a ref, uh, in a match where the refs need to be out there, that can get dicey. I mean, is that? I mean, your reaction when you when you hear this? No, it, it's interesting because it, 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 to me, it just sounds like you know the guys you seem today have to a little bit more creative freedom to do a little more. It's not as we have to follow this line completely. And Brock is the kind of guy that when he gets excited and he's supposed to, you know, go nuts after his elimination and show his anger and frustration maybe took it a step too far. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Throwing the referee Eddie over the, over the barricade into the front row, um, maybe a little bit much, but at the same time, it shows a frustration, but the, the whole thing about uh, Eddie was supposed to be the one raising Cody's hand. I think that's not as much of an issue as it is. The fact that he went into business for himself and took a referee out, you know, I think that's more the issue. You know, as far as who raises uh, Cody's hand, maybe it was an issue with Cody. Maybe Cody wanted Eddie to raise his hand or something like that. And that's, you know, part of the problem. But as far as that end of it, I don't see as much of an issue as it is with, like I said, going into business for yourself, putting your hands on someone and and bumping someone that isn't supposed to get bumped. Issa, I'd imagine uh, as long as 
Eddie's okay and cool with it. And there's a handshake in the back of, Hey, thanks, man. Uh, mm -hmm. I gotta say, as long as everybody's cool, uh, that actually Brock that put it over the top that, that I mean, yeah. I remember that I was like, Whoa, this is looking, this is getting pretty crazy here. Yeah. I, I liked it. Um, I, I need Brock. Brock needs to sell the story a lot because they fumbled the bag with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. They have. And if this is the plan, the direction that we're going, I did think that Brock's reaction added to that because a lot of people were more here for the stare down between him and Gunther than they were from Bobby Lashley and, and Brock. So it, it is up to Bobby and, and Brock now to want to get us to watch that match again. I hope everything is okay. If everything's not okay, I, I would love to see somebody take it up to Brock and see how that goes for them. <laughs> yeah, gotta, but yeah, I, I, gotta, think, I think his reaction sold how upset he was, and that's just what Brock does. I agree, and, and to what Jimmy was saying, you know, when Jimmy or when Brock gets excited, you know, Brock, we've seen Brock. It's like everybody think has this. Everybody I think has this picture that like Brock's like just pay me, and I'm and I'm in and I'm out. But I mean, and while he is, you know, in and out, he's not. He does get excited about his work. He does want like he does. He, I mean, we've seen him. There's he will sell when it's the appropriate time, and like so. I think that I think I think Jimmy's wording's correct. He knew that he had a moment here to sell him freaking out or whatever, and and he, what can I do to you know, make it memorable. Like I said, it was memorable for all of us, as it seems. So I think Brock know, yeah. sellers in WWE and I'm, and I'm yeah. willing to not debate with anybody. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you want someone to look like a beast and a monster, you know, that's exactly what he did. And he looked like someone you don't want to mess with. Yeah. Yeah. To the point of, if there's any, uh, if anybody backstage is upset at him, uh, I would hope the WWE 24 camera crew is around to try to capture that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if they were upset about anything, they should be upset saying, L listen, we need to know stuff like this so that we can get a great shot of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, not for nothing. I, I mean, maybe Cody did want Eddie to raise his hand, but I feel like when it comes to a Royal Rumble win, we're here for the sign point. Nobody's here for the referee. No offense, Jimmy, but nobody's here for the referee raising the arm. We're here to see them point at the freaking sign, okay? So we can move on from this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, trust me, I'm not offended because nobody ever paid for a t t ticket to see me referee a match. Anybody that came to see me referee got a comp from me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, but final... I mean, I, I, I like the visual of the ref raising the arm, right? But I am a huge fan of, of sign pointing. It's, it's a thing. It's a meme. We love it. And I just want to see the Royal Rumble winners point at the freaking sign. We wait, we wait all years for that visual of it. Yeah. You know, when they win at Mania, then you want to see the referee raise their arm. But at the Rumble, I'm not thinking the referee is going to raise his arm. I'm thinking he's going to point at the sign. And that's just that's my mentality. Well, my final thoughts on this uh, subject: uh, Bro Brock should have just thrown the referee into Hardy in the front row because Hardy was sitting in front row. That would have been. Oh my God! Then uh, we wouldn't know how to go. Listen, I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Bigger pop. All right. Uh, the other news item we're going to touch on a uh, press release that was sent out to a bunch of us um, this evening from AEW announcing the launch of their live event series that's going to be called AEW House Rules. That's right. They are moving into the non-televised live events or house shows as they're most commonly called uh in the WWE lingo uh and basically just to cut to the chase it's gonna the first one is gonna be saturday march 18th now that they do know they're gonna it's not gonna be every weekend but it will be weekends it doesn't look like they're looking to do any weekdays uh the only weekdays is still gonna be uh you know wednesday dynamite but select weekends uh particular markets the first one's gonna be saturday march 18th in troy ohio 
at the Hobart Arena. Uh, we'll feature John Moxley, Claudio, Dr. Brett Baker, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, many more. Uh, tickets going to start at $20. Uh, tickets going on sale at the end of the week. And so, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of event business. And uh, Isai, I'll toss to you first on this. Um, I, I think this was inevitable, especially when I saw them uh, bring on Jeff Jarrett. And when I heard what Jeff's title was in the office, it very much translated into, you know, Jeff's been a promoter his entire life. Uh, so I was like, okay, I could see Jeff helping steer them into the live event space. Um, there's pros and cons to it, but I want to hear uh, you and then Jimmy and uh, see where we land on this expansion by EW. Yeah, I think there's pros and cons to this. I'm excited for it. I think there's a lot of fans. AW, I've been a little bit critical of the fact that they keep visiting the same markets. And I do think this is a way for them to experiment with different markets, see how they do, see how the tickets sell. I'm also a big fan of house shows. I think you get a better interaction and a different kind of show. And I and I think you don't get to see that. The, the wrestlers can get some reps. They can start, you know, wrestling each other, working with each other. I mean, there's a lot of pros to this. And as a company, if you're not making money, this is this is another revenue source. So I think this is a win for everybody involved, especially for the fans. I just hope that they do go to different markets when they do do these exclusive shows and allow people that don't get the chance to see them to see them. Because you do see WWE put on house shows at towns that you've never heard of. But that's the reason why. It's because they want all of these fans to get to see their favorite superstars. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, AEW, uh, you know, Troy, Ohio. Uh, and I believe this arena, as I look, Hockey it holds when there's hockey games, it's like 3,500. When it's right. like a concert, it looks a little bit closer to 5,000. So they could have potentially, uh, you know, probably you know, somewhere in between that. Yeah, and you can have a nice mix of superstars that don't get uh, an opportunity to display their wares on on television. Let's put it that way. You know, there's a lot of superstars in AEW that basically you have to watch them on their YouTube channel, and a lot of people. You know, obviously, they're not getting as many eyes there as they are on Wednesday nights or even on Friday nights. So here's an opportunity for them to get them in front of a live crowd and see what kind of reaction and how they're resonating and see who might be working and say, hey, here's someone we might have to bring to television because they're connecting with the audience. They've got something that's working. Let's try it out on television and see if we can capitalize it on uh, capitalize on it here. Yeah, I, I like the idea of, of getting guys and girls more reps in front of a live crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's even with the tapings of Dynamite and Rampage, it's still limited to to an extent. Uh, I like that. I think overall, and a lot of this goes back to what Issa says, I think in the short term, this is a loss, but in the long game, this could play out to be a win for them. And what I mean is, in the short term, it, it's still an expense. You got to have the building, you got to get all the talent there. Um, even if it's not TV, there's you know, they're, they're still obviously still got to pay crew people to, you know, help help make the event happen. So, you know, look, we saw WWE pulling back on their live events before the pandemic because they were just losing money. They were just they were having you know quarters where they were just you know. So I think in the sh- I think in the short term, I don't expect AEW to be profiting on each of these events. But to the reps' point of view that we just talked about, Issa mentioned about how uh, you get a more inter- interactive experience. I think this will allow them. You know, now they get to be in two cities in a week. You know, they have wherever they're at for Dynamite and then wherever they do for this on that particular week. So they do get to expand more places faster, do more local media, more local radio, more local TV, you know, get 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 their brand out there in a more personal way. You know, they have a long way to go to catch up to the, you know, 40 year head start that WWE has. But I think it's, you know, it certainly is a way to, to utilize, and like you said, utilize the roster. You have, a, you have a lot of guys and girls to uh, right. to work and, with. So. And- 
and no. really quickly, you know, they, like you said, select uh, weekends or, or whatever the case may be. You don't have to do it every weekend. Start it off slow. And if it starts working, then you can build to, you know, a, a more lengthy schedule for the for the talent. Let's put it that way, because when we used to do it, you know, Raw and SmackDown, when we had the brand split, everybody had their own crew. But they they, they set it up in a way where it was pretty much drivable between yeah. each town. So you didn't have to, you know what I mean? It, it, that was cost effective for them that way. So it all depends on how they do things too. You know, right yeah, now, them... right now, sorry, sorry, Justin, right now, uh, we, we all know that the money is in television and television revenue. Uh, that's where the big money is, but this is still a way to make some money if, if you do it right. Right. Uh, I, I agree. And, and, and you never have to apologize, Jimmy. We're having a conversation here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's, it is smart of them not to, like I think it's wise of them to keep it open ended, select weekends when they want, because that would I think that would have been a mistake if they came out and said every Saturday now we're going to be you know no 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 don't put yourself in that expectation in that position like feel it out, um, and feel it out of how your roster reacts to it because your locker might be split because we've heard one of the things that is attractive especially to the older lock older people in the locker room is that the schedule is so. is is, is so much lighter than than WWE's or other places so you know don't. Don't all of a sudden say, "Oh, now everybody's going to be having to work every Saturday as well." Like you know, it, so feel it out. See, see who takes to it, and 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 who's who's selling tickets and who's not. Um, so interesting, interesting times uh, for mm-hmm. AEW with the launch of House Rules again. If you uh, if you want the information, Troy, Ohio, March eighteenth, and tickets go on sale this Friday at aewtix.com. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into Dynamite. Coming to you. From the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. I was the only kid in second grade in my class in Southern Maryland who knew where Dayton, Ohio was because King of the Ring 93 was there. Jerry Lawler attacked Bret Hart. Yokozuna and a, and a photographer's camera exploded in Hulk Hogan's face and he left the WWF. All happened in Dayton. Wow. Wrestling wrestling taught me my uh, American and Canadian geography well before any teacher did. I can tell you nice. that much. Nice. And you we, knew exactly where Calgary, Alberta, Canada was, right? I could I could name you most of the provinces in, in Canada when I and when I was in second grade and I had never even sniffed and been close to Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah, all all thanks to to Bret Hart. Um, we kick off dynamite with John Moxley, uh, almost hometown. He's about an hour away, uh, coming through the crowd with Wheeler Yuta and his and John Moxley's father. <laughs> so they come through the crowd to make his entrance. He's having his match against Hangman Page. Uh, these guys fight all over the place for. I don't even know how long it was before we ever got the bell. They fight into the crowd. We saw a figure four on the arena floor. That's not something you often see. Um, pretty nuts there. Uh, finally, these guys get in the ring. Bell rings. Continue to have a hard-hitting battle. John Moxley bleeds. Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> finally, though, we get Hangman Page. Uh, he's trying to take Moxley out with Moxley's own bull, side bulldog sleeper. Moxley is able to then grab Hangman's leg, basically roll forward and cradle him for like a modified, you know, small package inside cradle. uh, And John Moxley gets the victory, one, two, three. Uh, Post-match, both guys still middle fingers to each other, arguing Wheel of Yuta and Claudio have to come out and kind of separate them. Uh, Jimmy, I was a little surprised. I kind of thought Paige might win this um, just by the way that they were building leading up to this. So I'm a little surprised that he didn't. I'm a little surprised that that it was... a roll up, and then th- this does not seem like this is done. 
It's, it no. seems like it seems like we have more matches to come with these guys. See, see, you kind of made an argument in this match for either one of them winning and not the other one not getting hurt in the loss. The old adage, you know, you can still get over without going over. But there were so many little things as as physical as this match was, and there were some moments in it that, that I was going, "Oh, this is getting really good." There was stuff that didn't make sense. You know, I talk about the little things all the time. You you mentioned the figure four on the floor before the match even started. They're fighting out on the floor. They're beating each other up. The bell hasn't rung yet. They're going crazy. They're knocking each other into, um, you know, barricades and stuff like that. And yes, you want to work on the leg, but what do you do? A wrestling move on the floor, a figure four. To me, that was a disconnect. And then they get into the ring. They 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 start to have a pretty good match going, and and I'm getting invested in this. And then they start fighting outside again, on the apron, and for, they're there for a long time. The referee's not counting again. But then later on in the match, they tease the count out, and it's little things like that. And there were some. And that is exactly what we started talking about you on my stream. I can only imagine. <laughs> and then, the, but here's here's Hangman hitting Mox with some devastating maneuvers. You know, uh, you can name them whatever you want, but they looked incredible. And Mox kicked out of all of them. And the finish we get is an inside cradle roll up, whatever you want to call it for one, two, three. Again, for me, another disconnect and did no favors for Hangman Page as well as the blood really didn't mean anything in this match. Issa, where are you at with uh, Moxley getting the win here in the rubber match? But it clearly doesn't seem like these two are done. I thought the match was good. I thought it was fun. It was uh, I, I was a sucker for Moxley bringing out the dad because, of course, you know how I am. Uh, but I, I didn't like the, the teasing of the count out after they fought the majority of the match on the outside. I also didn't like that the bell didn't ring for like the first seven minutes. So I didn't know what was going on. I think the bell actually ran at like 9.07, 8.07. Sorry, I'm an hour ahead. So um, outside of that, once it rang, it, it got very good. But the rules weren't being followed so that confuses you a little just make every match i know dq but you couldn't do that because you're closing the show with one um i thought moxley was winning here the entire time i did think they were going to be done with this field which doesn't appear to be so we'll see where it goes yeah the match the match was pretty entertaining the the the, the, the energy and, and and fury these two had at each other it, it was palpable i could feel it uh, even after the match the you know and i you know the, the if, if placed right, the middle fingers and the, the jaw jacket, it, it felt it had a real like these guys got real tension. So I, I give I give that to the compliment uh, to them. Um, yeah. And I agree with what you guys said. But, you know, you're doing a move on the floor, you know, all these things. The thing and this, and I this is why I couldn't shy away from it. And at first, that's why I just texted Jimmy. I wasn't even and I didn't tweet. It. I wasn't going to bring it up. But then I I looked at Twitter and clearly it was not missed. But I mean, it was it was you know, it's not like I would have been the only one to say this. So I'm just going to bring it up. And this is where you need, again, you need more production means you need more communication of what are you going to do? Because what I'm going to say is technically the fault of the production truck and them switching to the camera they did at the time they did. But if they would have been communicated to prior, they would have never done this. They would have, they would have, they would have helped mask the illusion. But as hang, as finally, when Moxley finally gets in the ring after they did all the fighting outside, Moxley finally gets in the ring and goes, he goes and sits in, sits in the corner. And then they cut. They go from they go from Hangman outside. Then they cut to a close up of Moxley. And what is Moxley doing in that close up? He's getting a razor out of his mouth. He starts starts bleeding mm -hmm. his head. Yeah. For him to start bleeding 15 seconds later. And it's like again, if you plan to do that, communicate that, and this that never gets shown, and it never. But it's like I mean, 
I mean, just and it was blatant. I mean, it was they were on him for three, four, five seconds, and he's just mm-hmm. away at himself. If they can't communicate on a pre-tape segment and when to put it, so it doesn't look uh, that it's obviously pre-tape. We'll do you there. really we'll think they're there. gonna communicate we'll here, Lavar? Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, there you go. And, and look, a- and look, and and, and 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 this, and then that later when we get to it. For anybody out there who's going, oh, you're just picking on AEW. No, no I would be no. screaming just as loud, if not louder, if WWE did it. Because, again, WWE's had 40 freaking years of experience of live TV. So exactly. I would call them out on it, too. Exactly. And that, that's the thing. You know, we talk, I talk about this, uh, especially with my my good uh, brother in stripe, Brian Hebner. We talk about you you during matches when you were here, when you were doing this match and you, did you communicate with the talent? Did you communicate with the producers? Did you communicate with the agents and everybody? I said, yeah, everybody got on the same page because you had to let the truck know what they needed to see on TV and what you needed to not see on TV. And that's one of the things that the WWE is good at and WWE and AEW needs to get better at. That's, That's the thing. The communication is the important word that you use there, yeah. Justin, communication between both sides. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, at the end of the day, you're going to – people are going to yell, oh, the dumb cameraman or all oh, the dumb – and it's like, well, they – but if they would have known, they would have not you – know, But, but not you done. can't blame the cameraman because he's shooting it, but he's not the one who's – He's not the one, right, yeah. Calling the shot, you right. know. He, he's camera two. The guy who said, okay, go to camera take, two. You know, take yeah. camera two. <laughs> So, I mean, it, you know, it's growing pains, but again, these are things that you yep. gotta, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta tighten up. Yeah. Uh, we, we got a backstage, Jamie Hader uh, and the bunny and, and all talking. Uh, and, but then uh, Renee interrupts and they throw up on the uh, monitor there on the set that Soraya and Tony Storm are beating up Dr. Britt Baker somewhere else in the arena. So adding fuel to this continued rivalry going on between uh, the AEW originals, homegrowns, and mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the 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 new the new girls on the block and Soraya and Tony uh, nothing much okay. more really here to you know no. dissect but other uh, other than more potatoes in the bag more potatoes in the bag yeah more potatoes in the bag all right how about these potatoes uh, we got the acclaim they come out they give us a nice little live rap uh, they're going up against I don't even know these guys names I had to do some I had to do some googling and actually find and found them uh, the, the outrunners are their names <laughs> I, I appreciated the line. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate, appreciate a reference to the Beverly Brothers because that's not a tag team that yeah. often gets mentioned. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Uh, the acclaim gets the, uh, of course, guaranteed victory in this squash match, but the news is post match here. Issa, Austin and Colton Gunn come out and they want their answer. They want to know if they can get a tag team title shot with the acclaim. The acclaim says no. Uh, then the two teams just start getting each other's face and whatever, and then that enrages Billy. Billy Gunn just he's tired of all this and 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 just you know I'm tired of all this. Why don't you guys just go ahead and fight? Proceeds to walk out of the ring, up the ramp. Uh his sons then start to say, Yeah, go ahead and do what you always did our childhood. Turn your back on us. Why don't you do what you always did? Go drown your sorrows at the bottom of a pill bottle. That then provokes the old man, and I said that with the most respect <laughs> to how Billy looks. That provokes the old man to get in the ring, get in their face, and say, You want to put your big boy pants on and try to do what I did and become tag champions? you got your tag team championship match against the acclaimed. And that of course stuns the acclaim. Isa, is this all one big setup for a swerve? I don't know. I don't know. And I love it. I missed the therapy segment last week. Uh, I saw tweets about it, but I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the show last week. So, um, 
I didn't think that the squash match was necessary just to set up the thing. Oh, you could have done something backstage and maybe given somebody else the spot or, you know, whatever. It, it, the, the match just happened for them to set up this match. The promo, though, it got too real. It got too yeah. real there. I, I, I had a legit reaction. It got a reaction out of a lot of people. We'll see where it goes, but it does feel like it has to be because why? I don't know. When I grew up, if I talk to my family like that, I'm not making it out alive, you know? <laughs> Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so the acclaim says, no, we're not giving you the title shot. And then the guns upset and heels and, and jerks, they get in their face. Why does that enrage Billy so much? Why is that what sets him up? Billy's reaction was is as if these these guys are all supposed to be friends and supposed to be like part of like a big like I, I don't get that. It's like they're not like they're not like they're not part of one um, faction. They're not all supposed to be getting right. along. They're two separate. Like why? If anything, wouldn't he be happy that his boys are standing up for themselves and, and trying to you know I, that that that's the part that threw me off. What what was said afterwards was delivered with emotion and effect and. Mm-hmm. Whatever, but I, I that it felt too forced to manufacture. Why is Billy so upset that his boys want to try to get a tag title shot? Uh, Justin, how dare you come on here and make sense? <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, I, I, that's I just I didn't know. I don't know. No, it, it is. It's a disconnect, I, and I get I get that you're trying to create tension and stuff like that. But I, like you said, it, it the wording basically from Billy made no sense to me. Laser, you guys can't just keep doing this, and I'm out of here, and you know. It almost feels like he's he's setting up for the swerve next week. That's the automatic reaction that a lot of people are getting online. That they think the big swerve is coming next week. Oh, you want you want to talk like that to me? Okay, you got your shot next week and prove yourself and stuff like that. So it it sounds like it's setting up for a big swerve. Could it? But could it be a double swerve where they're setting up the audience to think that it is the swerve uh, where he's going to side with his boys, but then he's going to cost his boys. In the end, I, I don't know. It's it's bro, it, it's bro. Is it a swerve, bro, or is it a double swerve, bro? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like it's a swerve just based on Justin's point, where it's like they acclaim say no, but then Billy gets upset and accepts. So that's what made me wonder if that's yeah, where upset, the swerve yeah. is. Right, right, yeah. right. He got upset and, and 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 accepted the tag match. What does that mean? I thought the same thing. I was like, it's a swerve. Yeah. And and the other disconnect to me is uh, the baby faces are saying no. The baby faces are the ones that are supposed to be, oh, you guys think you can. You, you got yeah, what but claim, the acclaim are cool baby faces. No, I'll, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I get it. But at the same time, it may make some in the audience go, why wouldn't you guys face these guys? You yeah. Know? Even if they're cool, even if they're cool baby faces, you're supposed to be fighting champions. So, like, right. you know, I. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm excited to see I'm excited to see this tag match because I like both teams. I like the acclaim; they're they're super entertaining. Yeah. And I liked I liked the idea of the Gun Boys trying to actually you know it, it was fun at first. They're comedy and the Ass Boys, but I like the thought of trying to legit get the, try to get some legitimacy behind them. Mm-hmm. So like I'm all for the, this feud, and I'm all for Billy Gunn being stuck in the middle of he's he's, he's got you know he's got his buddies who are. He's got his youth that are that are keeping him young, and he scissor me daddy, and and that's over. But this, then there's there's his blood, there's his actual blood boy. So like I like him being called in the middle. I just the, the the execution of why Billy got so upset over this. Yeah, you know, but maybe we've already answered. Maybe that maybe it's you know it's going to be revealed. But um, right. you know a lot a lot to really kind of think about from the segment. But something to look forward to for next week to see how they play it out. Uh, we go backstage. Uh, we talk to Jungle Boy, and he talks about how he enjoyed his time with Jungle Hook. Uh, but basically he's been at the top of the tag team mountain and he fell very hard, very far. And in 2023, he's going to be champion 
but he's gonna be a champion on his own. So Jimmy Jungle Boy, uh, you know, him and Hook not gonna be a long standing thing. Jungle Boy gonna go looking for uh singles gold somewhere. Yeah, and very interesting. But will it be Jungle Boy looking at Hook for a title? Because uh, what's the the, the title that Hook is? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, is that going to be a thing now? Do we have a former tag team not coexisting and not getting along, and he going after that, or is Jungle Boy going to go after a, a a title? Maybe he's other. Oh, we'll get to it later. Uh, you know, maybe the the TNT title down the road, something like that. Uh, I Look, I get it. He's over. The crowd loves him. But at the same time, I don't, I can't picture them putting the, the big strap on him and putting their, you know, money behind that. Well, to that point, Issa, I wouldn't have, uh, I, I wouldn't have him go after hook because, you know, him and hook are both, you know, two undersized, but very over, very good looking. Right. Uh, male, male talent. Like, I feel like, the, I feel like you'd be splitting your audience for no benefit by doing that. Correct. Uh, but then to Jimmy's point, I don't know if I can picture him going after, you know, the TNT title. So I also almost have to wonder, like, is, is this where the fact that ROH is all under the same roof? Is this, you yeah. know, could he end up going over to ROH? Because he would fit in the ROH mold and a little bit more. Yeah, I actually automatically think that every time somebody says I'm going after gold, I think there's like 80 freaking belts in AEW. So I don't, I, I personally didn't automatically think hook and that might be because of what you stated i don't want i don't need to see them feud it doesn't feel necessary or they can go against tacting gold who knows i i get it but do you all, remember all, all, all atlantic title too let's not forget about that one yeah i i is that the one that's in a backpack somewhere yeah okay do you remember when uh jungle boy won his 50th aw victory and what a big deal they made about it because it didn't feel that way for jade huh Oh, we'll um, get true. to that. Yeah, we'll get true. to that. It's because because of the placement on the show. But then again, oh, is that uh, why? Is that yeah. why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, at least they're consistent with something there. That's, that's mm, yeah, cool. yeah. I always say the train. Oh, come the on, come on! Don't give him credit for that. <laughs> that's my heel move for the night. There you go. All right, uh, Kanosuke Takeshita, a very uh, uh, growing popularity with the fans. Up against Brian Cage. Here's the interesting thing about watching this. Uh, This match is pretty good to check out because uh, it really kind of helps put further in perspective how big Takeshita is. (laughs) Brian Cage is not a small guy, obviously. Brian Cage is built a little little bit wider in terms of his his overall physique, but Takeshita tall, but Takeshita's not tall and and stringy. He's, He's... pretty solid himself too so I, that was what i took away watching this was a was the physicality of the two uh and takesh just gets a pretty big win uh i don't know what his i don't know what his is called but he gets a a knee to the face and uh and that's that's the that's the victory here for uh Takeshita on brian cage uh jimmy your, your thoughts on the young uh, japanese star no, I think he's a he, he's a, he's a work in progress. Uh, again, I'm not uh, very familiar with his work uh, overseas, but I'm seeing him now, and I am impressed with him. And I think they, they've got something there. It all depends on what you do next. What do you do next? And when you talk about what do you do next, what do you do next with someone like a Brian Cage? I hate to change the subject really quickly here, but you know, here's another loss for him. You know, and this is a guy I thought that they could put some steam behind. And I think he's lost a lot of steam and I, he, I don't want to say he's been ward load yet, but uh, the, the train definitely has left the station and maybe he's in the caboose right now. 
Well, to the Brian Cage point, he is interesting because yeah, he's getting he's, you know, he loses, he still has a Ring of Honor title, but I believe we're on the understanding that Brian Cage, at least his AEW contract, is coming up here shortly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, when an AEW contract expires, does he still have a Ring of Honor contract? Like, so I'm curious to what mm-hmm. that exactly means. But but keeping that in mind, he's taking some losses and he might be gone, or at least his contract's expiring soon. So. Just figure that out. Uh, Isa, uh, uh, Takeshita, uh, that's somebody who gets you, uh, get you excited on your live stream? No. 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 Nothing about this match got me excited. I think that it seems to be like they're going somewhere, especially with him kind of like there was some MJF involvement. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But it was it was an okay match, I guess. Let me do some super chats here. Uh, of course, we, if some of them we will get to later when we get to your topic. Uh, Corey, I, I apologize. I should have brought yours up a little bit earlier uh but we'll bring this or this particular one up uh cory pride saying i like the aw girls versus the wb girls storyline ruby is especially great in her role yeah i mean they're not obviously they're not calling them the wb girls they're saying AEW right. originals versus the new but everybody's subconscious kind of goes uh to that wording Corey. so yeah i, I would yeah. agree and then this one uh random but hey we'll we'll, we'll acknowledge it juan saying no austin austin or rocket mania it's losing something Wow. I mean, we haven't had Austin or Rock on Mania for years. Austin broke the streak this year, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think I think WWE still has the material there to build some great storylines. All of the last mm-hmm. WrestleManias have been very successful, highly profitable, without either one of these guys there. WrestleMania is it, and it's gonna. It's already it's yeah. already close to selling out, yeah. and they haven't even. Yeah. They, well, they had, they had before they even announced a single match. I don't. I never see WrestleMania as a failure, regardless of who's in it. I see it as a big marketing packet for them to present to the investors. If I'm being honest. Yeah. As yeah. I said, and, I, yeah. I was just saying, Juan. We never know. Uh, they, they, Austin Rock, one or both could still show up just because of right. that advertised. Right. And and uh, and, no. and you know what? I'm looking forward to see what's happening because right now we are on the roads to WrestleMania. Did, did Justin Lavar, did you just do the so you're telling me there is a chance? So you're telling me there's a chance. Listen, I don't care who shows up as long as the tribal chief, head of the table, Roman Reigns, main events both nights so that he can main event eight WrestleManias, and that way next year we break the record. That's all I care about. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I will not. I will not further argue with the Roman Reigns whisperer. That is, <laughs> <laughs> you know that I got made fun of because when I got to ask Cody a question, I asked him about Roman Reigns, and everybody was like, "Why? Why would you kill that man's joy of winning the Rumble to ask him about Roman?" <laughs> well, he's gonna face Roman, technically speaking. Somebody well, had fair. to ask him. <laughs> that's that's a fair that's a fair angle of a question. Um, ask Rhea. They asked Rhea, "Hey, you gotta make a choice." I asked Cody, "You don't have to make a choice. It's already made for you." Yeah. So, how do you mm-hmm. feel about that, buddy? You know, I, I just right. I, well, and, and my mind went as soon as Cody won. You know, we knew okay, that's official. My mind went to the place where Cody went to the next night on his, or two nights later on his promo at Raw, which is, "Wow, you got Rhodes family." You know, Rose Legacy versus Anawahi. I mean, that, that that's two yeah. pretty big wrestling families that are going to collide he, for the first time answered, ever on a mania. He answered my question beautifully. Cole Roman Reigns, the best wrestler in the world right now. So, I mean, yes. I, I, I love how he was already selling this WrestleMania main event uh, from that mm-hmm. moment. Cody is so good. He is the way he presented mm-hmm. himself, picks up the Mountain Dew, the only one that acknowledges the, the you know, the sponsors. I was like, this guy is, no offense to AW fans, but he's made for WWE and he killed that press conference. He was so mm-hmm. good. 
East, are you uh, are you going to LA for Mania? I am. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Am I going to see you there? No, I, I was saying that I'm, oh, I'm going to be. I'm. I'm. I'm, sta- I'm I, somebody has to do this podcast. I can't do it if I'm if I'm if I'm in a press conference room with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we had so much fun. Well, we. Uh, I know we Fair would, enough. but I mean, unless WWE would let us sit there in the press conference room and, and do this and get on. They the did a. Down. They did a SummerSlam because they didn't do the presser. Remember, I jumped into the stream that yeah. you guys were doing. But now that they do the press conference after, there's no chance mm. to do like an immediate show. But at SummerSlam, they allowed us to stay in and, and get all of our content out while we were still in there because they didn't do the presser. Hmm. All right, well. In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. We'll miss you, but you'll, yeah. you'll be doing your thing. I'll, perhaps I'll, you can I'll... jump in. Perhaps you can jump in and make a run-in that on. One of them. I, have two I, nights, I, would so love, one of them I would love to crash the party. I mean, Roman Reigns main event in both nights the way that I want to. I don't know if I'll be emotionally stable enough to show up, but I'll try my best. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to take. I have to take better care of my voice. Last last year, I did both nights of Mania the podcast, and my voice was shot on the second night. So I need to do better better maintenance. Try doing both nights in person, then your voice will yeah. really be shocked. Oh my god! <laughs> you've seen me. I've been there and had that problem. I know. Yeah. I know. I miss you. I miss you. you. Used to you used to be my <laughs> drinking buddy at these things. You know. <laughs> Somebody's got to be here with Jimmy. You know, we got to yeah. keep yeah. in line. Exactly. We'll let Jack be here with Jimmy. <laughs> oh, he's going to be there too. Jack's in oh, LA. He? He's he's oh, already right, in LA, right. so he's going to be there. Yeah, I assume. That'll be me, Jimmy. Who knows? Maybe it might be Raj. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Continuing on here, uh, backstage with the JAS uh, talking about Ricky Starks, and they uh, set up the what did they settle on the Garcia right. Guevara gauntlet uh is what we're gonna have here and that's gonna be I, 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 when i hear gauntlet i gauntlet to me jimmy means everything all this is in one night right mm-hmm. um so you gotta go through luke uh, daddy magic and then maybe or the, the luke and then and then either garcia or guevara they'll decide that mm-hmm. night of and then if he can get through all of that then ricky sarks can have a match with chris jericho um right. Uh, I mean, it's it's a little different because if it is gauntlet, it's all one night, and that that that's a story. That's a story of of endurance and what have you. Um, but it's like, all right. But then then the next thing we go to in a minute here is Brian Danielson, who has to beat all these people to get to MJF. It's it is right. a little little paralleled, but uh. yeah, in a little bit in a different way. Like you said, this sounds like it's going to happen all in one night, as opposed to uh, Brian Danielson having to face a different opponent every week. But then again, we don't know that for sure either because they did not specify that. But yeah. Yeah, like you said, 
similarities a little bit too close to each other in some storylines and where they're going and also with some stuff in the ring which i'm sure we'll be talking about in this next match yeah isa you're a ricky starks fan uh what, what do you think of this this gauntlet that he's gonna have to do uh to get to jericho um, I think Ricky Stark does such a good job at getting the crowd over. I think this is the right match to get him to like really get people to support him and get behind him. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. I just JAS has not really hit with me, and and I just I I would like to see a change there. And I'm not sure that they're elevating the people that they're infused with. I mean, they were with Blackpool comeback for six months, and I just don't feel like anybody came out of that looking any better. So I just hope that it doesn't affect Ricky Starks. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, how they handle this will be. I'll, I'll be curious. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, Ricky gets the win on Jericho. I mean, I think that's where this goes. But um, yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, and when this will be? I mean, they already announced several. By the time the show gets done tonight, we already got several things for next Wednesday announced. So mm-hmm. you know, this gauntlet sounds like it would take up a good chunk of time, uh, unless he's going to like run through a right. few of them quickly. I don't know. Right. They have uh, been again, doing reminder, that a lot lately, though. They're putting a lot of long matches. The opener today went over, like, I think it took the first half hour of the show. Mm-hmm. They, I've noticed right. that from AW. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, in the opener, God, the guys fought for 12 minutes before the bell even rang. So right. Yeah, right. and then they fought for 15 minutes on the outside and never got counted out. But who's paying attention? Yeah. <laughs> Small things. Little things. <laughs> the, ref, the, ref, the, ref, the ref in the room here was. Uh, just, just a reminder... Uh, if you've jumped in uh didn't didn't hear at the very beginning of, of the uh, podcast again, thanks to everybody who's uh checking us out live. Uh or if you're jumping in uh, after the fact, uh please leave a comment, um, like, subscribe uh on the channel, wherever you're at, whether it's Apple Podcasts or on YouTube or on Twitch. Uh the more five star ratings and reviews you can give us, the better it's gonna help mm-hmm. more and more support. And who knows? Maybe the more and more support that comes, whether it's Mania or SummerSlam or 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 double or nothing. Maybe this whole podcast could just we could just pick ourselves up and we'll just go to said place uh-huh. uh, and do this podcast uh, there uh, on site and can have you know, some view there as, 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 as to, to partake. So live and in living color, if you will, if you will, <laughs> Daddy. Podcast on the road. We're gonna take the podcast to the pay window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a plan. All right. Yes. Up next, Brian Danielson. He's got to continue. Uh, his his streak of victories in order to get MJF at uh, what, what was that? What's March? Full gear or revolution? What's what is it? Full gear? Yes. No, it's revolution. <laughs> revolution. Yes. It's, it's March. It's March fifth. I remember that. Yes. Here we go. Brian Denison up against Timothy Thatcher. Uh, mm-hmm. This is exactly what you expected to be. It is mm-hmm. equal parts technical, equal parts hard hitting. Uh, there's a ref bump. Uh, refs down. MJF comes out. It looks like he's going to get involved, and then Takesta comes out of nowhere, cuts him off. Fights and they battle uh, to the back. More on that here in a minute. Uh, but Brian Dennis is going to uh, get that running knee and is going to beat Thatcher. Very entertaining match, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Two matches in a row with a knee to the face finish. Yeah, again, here's the communication thing between people in matches and, and producers and or agents of matches. What are you doing for a finish? What are you doing for a finish? Everybody, it goes to somebody, does it not? I'm assuming it, you know, when you come up with a finish, it goes to somebody and somebody has to say, hey, you guys are doing the same finish. One of you has to figure it out. Let's put it that way. And again, lack of communication between, yes, we get it that guys in the match during a match have to communicate with each other and the referee and so forth, but there has to be communication between the talent on the show and the production 
people as well, like we talked about earlier. And the other thing I found interesting here, you brought up the, the ref bump, which they don't do very often there, but it felt like it wasn't necessary. You know, it was yeah, a ref cause, bump. Because no, no cheating happened, right? Right. You could still do the spot where MJF comes out and teases and he's trying to te- and he's trying to distract Brian Danielson and put on the ring and Brian's paying attention to that and then have Takeshita come out and, and do his thing. And maybe that's where Thatcher does a quick roll up for a false finish or something like that, making it look like, you know, there was the distraction. You didn't need to take the ref out for this. It was, that, that, it, that's yeah. That's such a no. That's I, that's such a great point you make. I, I didn't even think of it from that from that perspective. I thought I thought to myself and I wrote down rare ref bump because you're right. They don't often do it, and that's true. The time they decide to do it, there's not even any cheating that happens. There's so many other times that they could have justified having a ref pump, and but they. Uh, so that's interesting. Isa, tell me tell me this. Why every time I see Timothy Thatcher, and this goes back to when he was in NXT too. Every time I see him, why do I think that he's British? When this dude was born in California, but I see him, his look and his Rito, style, I think, he, shut I think up, he's related Rito. to William Regal. I you think it's that is less. I comforted <laughs> the longest time that he was. And I was like asking, I was like, well, what can we watch him wrestle right now? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for some British, uh, you know, companies to be brought up, but apparently he's not. So you're not alone on Calif- that. He's from California. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone on that. I thought the same thing too. Maybe, hey, he looks international. More power to him. That draws, that sells, you know. I thought he looked great tonight. I did. Yeah, I liked it, him a lot. It, 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 his appearance, his the, the, his appearance, the ring gear, the style, the look, he, he, I, he, I feel like he's like a descendant of William Regal. I, I get, and that's yeah. a compliment of, he, he, he projects this hard hitting bare knuckle mm-hmm. style that we associate to some of the European greats and brawlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, I, I, I don't know why I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what stereotype am I projecting? But I'm like, no, it's just, I just, he comes off as the, the tough European, but he's not European at all. No. Yeah. And, and I agree with you both. I thought he was a great performance. I thought I love the match. But when you look at the audience, it just, they weren't as enthralled. They weren't as drawn in as they normally are when you watch an AEW show. You know, yeah. they, they did the timely chance that they're supposed to do the yes chance with Dan, uh, with Brian Danielson and, and that stuff, the yes, 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 and all that stuff. But other than that, they looked like they were enjoying it, but they were seated. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were a little bit on the quiet side. I caught that. I don't think a lot of the crowd, maybe, I don't know if they were as familiar or maybe they weren't as mm-hmm. um, entertained with the match. It wasn't my favorite Brian match from this saga of to get to MJF. I still think that Bandito match just set the bar so high that I don't know that anything that he has to go through to get to MJF is going to outdo that. But I personally liked it. I thought I thought it was a fine match for what it was. Is it my favorite that I've seen Brian doing the last four weeks? No, but you're never going to get a bad match from Brian. So it was it was a good match. It was there. Yeah. All right. So here's a, it's an extension of this. So MJF and... Uh... Uh, Takeshita are fighting backstage and in, in the hallway. I mean, just, I mean, you know, things are flying, fists are flying, people trying to separate them. Uh, Renee comes in, has hot breaking news per Tony Khan that next week we're going to see Takeshita versus MJF on Dynamite. Obviously, that's a big deal because MJF is, is not all, he's not wrestling every week. So that's a big deal. And Takeshita's obviously got some momentum going. So there's that. And then, literally, uh, they, 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 I think we have a break. But literally, the next piece of content we get 
is we see MJF dressed in a totally different outfit with his glasses on, hair perfectly combed. Perfectly, he is fully calm and composure. Comes into a dressing room <clears throat> where Roosh and company are and proceeds to offer the money, as we've seen him do many times. He likes to buy his way out of problems. I'm fine with that. That's good continuity. Tries to buy his way out and says, you're going to break Brian Danielson's arm. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna settle this for me. Mm-hmm. The concept of, of, again, this is MJF's deal. He throws money at his problems. Great concept, Jimmy. Yeah. But continuity. This is obviously a pre-tape that was done so either, if, if not earlier today, maybe it was done last week. I don't know, whatever. But they, they literally, the, two minutes later, we see MJF completely, like, I, I, I couldn't help. I was like, this this is so jarring. How can, how, how, if you, and if, if, and if commentary even says, we called. We our cameras caught this earlier today, mm-hmm. or something. But they didn't even. I don't know. I, I, I go ahead. Look, I'm, look. I'm I, no, no. I, what, what more can you say than that? Yes, everybody talks about. And you mentioned earlier WWE having the forty-year head start. This is only three years for AEW. But this is kindergarten crap. I mean, like, this is simple. How could you let something like this slide? Nobody is paying attention uh, to what's going on. You know, I'm doing this spot later, like, you know, not later, literally in the next segment. And I'm not dressed in the same clothes. that I'm. You know what I mean? At least have commentary, like you said, cover it in some form or fashion. This was a scene earlier today, or this is whatever the case may be. It's just, it's, it's, you know, I always talk about the little things. This is a combination of little things that are building up into a big thing. And it's and we're not having an issue a lot with the in-ring product. It's the production stuff. It's the it's the camera work. It's it's talent working together with production to present something in continuity that makes sense and makes people go, hey, you know what? I'm buying into this. Not make people go, oh, you know what? He wasn't wearing that two minutes ago. You know what makes this an even bigger fail? That NJF shirt that he was wearing earlier, the black one, it's on sale. You can pre-order it. The better than you shirt. That's why he was wearing it. They're promoting it. So why not having oh, walk around wearing? That. Yeah. So oh. why not having walk around wearing the damn shirt in every single segment oh. that he takes so that you can freaking promote it and people go and pre-order it? Like the whole thing was just an epic fail in all levels. I I get it, you know, but the fact that they didn't even say earlier today or put it earlier on the show so that it looks like he got changed for something else, I don't know. I It took me out. I couldn't even remember. Yeah, he offers Rouge money, I think. I can't even tell you what went down because as soon as I saw him walking in a complete different outfit, composed, I was like, this is a, this is a major L. It is, and they need... It's the little things that make AW want to strangle it because i don't know you can strangle a company but i want to strangle aw sometimes because they do something so right but what they do wrong really bothers me <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and, and so and again to give to give more specific context if, if you didn't if you watch and maybe you watched casually and you turned away and didn't see this and you need to go back and see this or if you didn't watch at all and you want to know what to look for renee announces that and when he when she announces per tony khan that, that match is going to happen between Takesha and mjf next week mjf is livid and he finally, after he gets separated by security, the last shot is 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 watching him walk away down the hallway. I mean, he, hair's disheveled. He's been in. A, he's just been in a scrum, mm-hmm. and he's pissed. And he's walking and stomping away. Uh, I almost thought maybe he's going to stomp his way out to the ring and cut a big promo and shoot on Tony. But he's walking. So obviously, the idea is okay. He's storming away. 
and he, and he has problems that he needs to go solve. But then again, and, and he's so enraged. But then again, like this, a two minute, and they go to commentary, and Taz is defending MJF. The other, you know, and he's like, "How can Tony just put the champion in a match?" And the other two are like, "Oh, whatever, whatever." And then, and then, and it's like, and then he just walks in, and like we said, he's just dressed totally different, completely composed, and he's not. And if anything, I would have expected him to walk in and said to Roosh, "Go break to Kesta's arm and leg right now. I don't want to deal with this little runt." But no, no, he switches. It's it's just. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Bad product placement. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, again, communication needed needed to be to be there. Communication breakdown. Communication breakdown. All right, for your TBS uh, champion up next, Jade Cargo versus Red Velvet. The women uh, at what time, Labar? Right before oh, the main event, you say? Right. Nine thirty. Yep. Okay. Choo yep. <laughs> choo. Uh, Jade has to work a little bit, but she does get her win number 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, uh, no pomp and circumstance, no balloons, no confetti. Just a, I, it was nice to see her. She grabs, she grabs her daughter and, uh, walks out with her daughter, uh, in, in hand. Uh, 50 wins, big deal. First female talent with 50 wins in AEW. Um, they are taking their time with this and her. Uh, I, Issa, when, when do things get kicked into the, next gear when do we see the first because there has not been a match right there has not been a jade cargo match where you even have the slightest bit of that might be the person that beats her we haven't even had when you when you allow jade cargill to start fighting the main girls jade cargill has 50 wins none of them are against the main girls that we saw earlier on those on those segments we haven't seen her against Britt baker or Soraya or Tony Storm or Sheeta, you're just letting her be talent. Like, how many of these 50 wins have even been on TV? Like, it, it doesn't feel like it's a big deal. And you don't want to fumble the bag with somebody that looks like Jade. She's made for you. Like, she looks like a star. She has it. And for some reason, you're not booking her in the fields that she should be booked in. And, and, and that's that's why it doesn't feel like it's a big deal. And it was the 50th win and it took me a while to figure it out tonight. When I was like researching before I went live, I was like, oh my God, this is her 50th win. I will say, I can see why you would be a little skeptical of it on the beginning because Jade is just getting started in this industry, but she's getting better. And she's not going to get better if you don't give her better better dance partners here. So so you got to take the risk and you got to let her go. I, I can't wait to see her being fused that feel like they're significant and matter. Jimmy, is that the hold up here? Is it she's collected 50 wins, but but, but a lot of her opponents are just it's like you just kind of dismiss them. It, it, are, are we hesitating to put her in a match with real heavy competition because she is still green? Or what, what do you think is going on here? I, I, I wish I had an answer to that. I, I, in my opinion, she has progressed fairly well. She looks like a star. You, when you see her, you know, like you talk about. She has the, it. Yeah, she does have it, but it's it's her, her opponents. And when you look at the list, and I did that during the show, I went to the list of the, the, the talent roster on the women's side of AEW, and I'm looking down the list and I'm going, okay, who could be the one to – possibly push her to the limit and maybe even dethrone her. And I'm like scratching my head going, maybe a Britt Baker. Maybe. It just doesn't feel like that TBS title has been elevated enough because she hasn't faced that quality opponent. So I think yeah. it's a little bit of, you know, like you said, she needs some you know, higher level 
talent yeah, in the people's eyes to to face and defeat to not only elevate the championship but elevate her as well. You know, she um and, and uh it's on the screen here, Dylan Matthews. Thank you, Dylan, one of our uh, loyal regulars. Uh, mm-hmm. Saying Tony Khan is scared to test Jade in ten plus minute matches. Well, Dylan and company, this might be where the uh, house rules, these house shows, might come into play because they might be able to then get away with advertising. And I'm just going to use Troy, Ohio, because it's the first town they're going to advertise in Troy, Ohio, Jade Cargill versus Soraya. And it's only going to be advertised locally around. Troy. It's not going to be something that they're going to be necessarily promoting on dynamite each week or whatever. It's just going to be local. It's the same way that WWE for 30, 40 years, there might be two guys that are going to fight on a pay-per-view in the main event. And you, if you go to a house show leading up, you might see them. You know, it, there's no title change, but it's basically the guys getting to work with each other and figure out what's working, what's getting a pop of the crowd. And so that might be an advantage of, you know, going to the local radio in Troy, around Troy, Ohio, and saying, you're going to see Soraya, you know, who's, you know, who's got all of her accolades versus 50 win TBS champ Jade Cargill. And of course, it's going to end in a DQ or something that's going to protect both and protect the title not being changed, but it'll give Jade real reps with somebody of, of Soraya's experience in front of people and, and, and but, but it not be on TV. And so if there, if it is, a, if it is a blunder or a botch, just the 5,000 and Troy saw it. I also don't think that, and not to, I, I agree with the point and I see it, but I also don't think that you need to put Jade in 10 plus minute matches. She looks like she could squash anybody, man or woman in there in about five minutes, just by looking at her. So if that's what you're afraid of, book her like the beast that she's supposed to be because she looks it. So why not just book her that way instead of exposing that she might not be there yet by giving her longer matches? If you had Jade Cargill come out there and finish Red Velvet today in a minute, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Well, and, and Issa, no, I, I agree with you. It, 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 this is where it does come into the Goldberg theory. of it does The matches don't have to be long, but eventually she will have to be able to go right and like you said let her get her reps in like house shows and and, and dark and elevation but if that's what you're afraid of then book her like the like a destroyer and i think that that would even get her more over because she looks like that and you don't have women that look like that yeah for for tv it should be quick but if they're going to start doing some of these non-televised show shows let that be the ones where you because obviously she can only she can only learn so much in a three-minute match with i'm just using again a veteran like soraya she can only use learn so much in a three-minute match where there's only so much heat there's only so much hope there's only so much comeback whatever whereas if you give her more time it forces her to learn how to put together a longer match uh, and, and sustain so I, there's all kinds of philosophies to it. point is jade looks like a star jimmy mm-hmm. uh I, I believe when she walks out of the curtain i believe she's a star Right. It's just we're getting to a point now where I think we're starting to feel a restlessness of we got to get to the next level with with this. Exactly. And and like you said, uh, uh, and that popped in my head, too, we're doing these live events slash house shows uh, is the perfect opportunity to help her. And put her in the ring with talent that could help elevate her, her her game. Uh, Ron Taylor, five dollar super chat. Ron says Jade is too big time for these AEW ham and eggers. <laughs> she needs to face the WWE NXT talent. Can't wait until she jumps ship when her contract is up. Uh, I I don't know her contracts. And, and Ron, I might. This doesn't mean anything. I think this is, all, this is actually the case for several people. I actually think Jade. I think WWE had a chance on Jade. I don't think that they. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, so, but, but again, they also had a chance at Wardlow and they passed on Wardlow. They, they, so it, whatever, but um, I, I don't know what a contract situation is, uh, Ron. I also don't know, again, this is where, I don't know. I know Jade's involved in like fitness modeling and she's an influencer. Obviously she's a mom. I don't, maybe the, again, maybe the AEW schedule is, is attractive to her. Maybe. And I, I don't know. So, but yeah. you know, yeah. Big uh, quick question that you said now that you mentioned mom and you also mentioned at the end of the match that she picked up her daughter and walked her to the back. Is is Jade supposed to be a heel? I don't know. I you know. See, it's funny. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm so no. Some, yeah. Somebody asked me. Somebody asked me on Twitter, and I and I, I legit don't know. I don't know either because you know what? If she's supposed to come off as arrogant and you know pomp and 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 a, a bit of heelish, carrying her daughter to the back doesn't make you a heel. It makes people go, oh, look right. at that. You know, and it was a nice moment. Don't get me wrong; it was a beautiful moment. But you know, I, I no, and I agree. I, I, I mean, Issa. I, if I, you know me, I always say there's a fence. There's and there's the one side of the yard and the other side of the yard. Yeah. Uh, if you ask me, I would say Jade's on the heel side of the yard based upon her actions, the baddies, the way she talks and treats other people. I would say she's a heel. But yeah, then that's a babyface thing to do to grab grab your kid. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, I, I go back and forth with Jade a lot because uh, a lot of times I feel like, yeah, she's in the heel side of things, but a lot of times I see her and she puts in the work, so her being arrogant slash cocky, she can't. If there's somebody that can act like I'm the best, look at me, nobody's going to beat me, it's her. I don't necessarily think that's a heel move, but I think I think different. You know, I always root for the bad people, so you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> that is true. I am asking the wrong person <laughs> <laughs> All right, main event time. This is All right. wild. This is wild. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to try to do the play-by-play justice yeah. of what was seen here. Um, I will say, real, real quick, again, to people who did not see the match, if you're looking to us to give you bullet points of what to go check out, this match is worth watching if you like violence because it is that. Um and so here we go. It is Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen. Uh, Darby is your TNT champion. Darby comes out and he is wearing a like a hoodie that is laced with thumbtacks in it. Mm-hmm. So it, you know it's it's the more deadly version of what D'Lo Brown wore for <laughs> years there. Yeah, just protector. Um. So Darby comes. He gets in the ring and he wants to use it uh, quickly. Though Joe eventually just gets it off of him. Uh, I like the logic of Joe wrapping his own hand in the towel to go hit Darby so he doesn't you know, hurt his hand on, on that. Mm-hmm. Um, things get crazy pretty quick. Uh, Joe's on the outside. Joe goes to pull a table out from under the I ring. love this spot so Joe, much. <laughs> Joe has the table. He has the legs and, and all the metal facing him. It mm-hmm. is standing vertical, staring at him. Darby suicide dives himself in a million miles per hour through the ropes into the table, and if you watch it slowly or, or go rewind it, the the side of the metal bracket of the table goes right into Joe's eyebrow and slices him. This was not a Moxley blade job. This was this table slicing Joe, and in a matter of five seconds, blood is squirting out of his forehead and his eyebrow area. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was guys. I, I the visual was just like, oh my god, like I to the point yeah. I was like, oh, they have to stop them because, like, I mean, can Joe see? Like, what? Of course, he goes on. He is Samojo. They go on. Mm-hmm. They fight into the crowd. They go halfway up the Nutter Center. 
Darby's getting flung down the steps of the building, all the stuff. They finally get back in the ring after all kinds of craziness. Um, Darby puts his thumbtack jacket back on, does a coffin drop with it onto Joe. That's a two count. Uh, we keep going. Uh, Darby kills, flies outside, kills, crash and burns into another table. Finally, Darby starts to rip the canvas and the uh, any protective foam up, and so now it is just the hard plywood boards exposed in the one corner. And ultimately, Joe hits a muscle buster from the top rope on Darby onto the exposed board. So there is no padding, no nothing. Joe gets the win. He is your new TNT champ again. And then is the return of Wardlow. Wardlow comes out, tackles Joe. Uh, gets a few shots in on Joe, but uh, Joe escapes any powerbomb symphony from happening. Whole lot to unpack here, Jimmy. Where do you want to start? I don't know. Where do you begin? Do you begin with the uh, with Darby Allen uh, seemingly not going to continue with a long career if he continues the way he was going? I mean, the the spot on the stairs on this on the concrete stairs outside the ring and. Uh, that others where he dropped him on the chairs and not on the flat side of the chairs on the two backs yeah. of the chairs back to yeah. back together and stuff like that. Um, the only issue I had with it is yes, I get the the point of him fighting through the pain and trying to continue with the match, but it felt like this stuff was so devastating. He, it could have, it should have been sold more. It, yeah. If that makes any kind of sense. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I was watching this match and I was, I, they were really working their asses off, all, both of them, and and especially Joe to get Darby over as an undersized opponent to a guy as big and as strong and as as vicious as as Joe. And that spot you talked about, uh, you know, with the table to the head that busted Joe open, ah, that was just Joe busting himself open, like, you know, bl- doing a blade job with the table. <laughs> mm-hmm. Catching it on camera again. Not, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, poor Darby. You know, man, if you continue like this, you're not going to have a long career. I know. I, I say that every week. We see him. I'm like, this, 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 you, you, this isn't going to last forever. Uh, Isa, um, what, so we see Wardlow. And, I, and I've been asking, you know, I've been saying, look, you know, we, we, Wardlow, you know, you missed the lightning in the bottle. You lost some lightning in the bottle with him. Let's regain it. I think he might have been dealing with some injuries, so some so maybe that explains and gives you a reason for why he's not on screen. Um, as as happy as I always am to see my guy, I can't help but think like you just showed us all that brutality. Just let that in the night, right? Let Joe's victory in the night, Wardlow doing that, and, and Wardlow didn't even get really redemption. He didn't even get a power bomb on Joe. He basically just got nope. a few punches. And Joe. It, it it kind of. It, 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 it made me forget the headline. It made me forget all about what Darby just did. Right. I 1000% agree. I don't like the hair. I don't like the hair, but we don't need to get into those kind of details. Yeah. I wish they would have just let, I mean, the TNT title changes hands a lot. And I'm not sure that people are happy with it, that it keeps changing hands. What is the point to give Darby that run when he just loses it to Joe again? There's a lot to process here. So I would have rather seen Joe win and then maybe do something with World War Rampage or, or next week. Um, because 
even after that, though, to be honest with you, I didn't want this to be the return of Warlow because I'm still thinking of what Darby and Samoa Joe did. I'm not going back to, oh, my God, Warlow's back. I'm going back to, oh, my God, that match was absolutely insane. Uh, I really like the table spot, but it, it felt a little bit reckless. Like, like think that out. Like, that could have been really, really bad the way that Samoa Joe got cut if it was maybe once little an inch to a different side that could have gone wrong and i didn't like darby trying to expose the ring that took forever i was like at this point samoa just yeah. gotta be refreshed he probably took a nap they probably stitched his cut up like <laughs> he took forever but darby being undersized and using his whole body as a weapon while i agree with you he's not gonna have a long career i i can buy into it i don't i i am not a big fan of the smaller wrestler but there is not a derby match that i do not scream or pop like he always does something that makes me go oh my god and i thought i thought it was an excellent match if somebody's watching or listening to us and didn't get a chance to watch that's the one thing that i would tell you go watch because it was it was incredible what they did out there yeah uh, mr x says i'm about to lay down listen to the podcast on my mm-hmm. tv via youtube peace out wrestling Inc. fan thank you mr x uh have a good night yeah it, it's it's uh, uh, first off um well, again, we have the luxury of, of armchair booking this after we see how it goes out. So again, that's you know Tony Khan is not. So that, that's I want to put that out there. But I, I guess it's like if you're going to give that crazy of a ridiculous performance, which both guys did, Joe and Darby. I mean, again, that's just that's insane what they did, mm-hmm. the spots they did. That's enough to end your show on, right? And then you can get another moment when next Wednesday start Dynamite out with Joe going to the ring. I'm back to being your ratings winner. I'm back to being your TNT champion. I survived the maniac that was Darby Allen and then hit Warlow's music and do that same exact thing you just did. Warlow comes out, tries to fight him. Joe comes out. And that's a whole other moment that, that for, for another dynamite that you've just captured. I don't I don't know that that was needed to end the show. And again, then it just kind of just, it doesn't bury, but it just takes away right. what Darby just did and what Joe just did. Exactly. Right. And, 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 and to further your point, like at, at first I was thinking to myself, the, we didn't need that physicality after the match, because as I always say, and, and uh, people are probably tired of hearing it, 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10 pound bag. Here we go again. I thought all you had to do was have Wardlow come out on the stage, look at Joe and go, Hey, me and you. Right. You know, yeah. you know yeah. something simple like that, but he, he, you know, but would that be a little bit too much as well? Because it would take away from what Darby did. You know what right. I mean? It could yeah. be more like Joe just went through a grueling match with Darby Allen surviving all this crazy chaos. And as he's raising his hand, you know, giving him a look and going, oh, my, this kid. You know what I mean? That that would have helped Darby's spot. Yeah. Um, you know, Issa, you're saying how it took so long for Darby. I, I had flashbacks of my own experience one time at a show. I was managing RJ City at the time, and actually Wardlow might have been still our bodyguard. At the, it might have been before Wardlow started having matches. But nonetheless, RJ was the focus, and I was so nervous all day. Not because I was going to get bumped or anything else. I could do all that stuff. I was so nervous all day because we were part of the main event, and, 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 and there was going to be a critical spot that was going to involve me having to cut zip ties with there was a tool they were going to keep under the ring, and I had to cut certain zip ties, and I had to dismantle. Uh, it was it was how our turnbuckle pads were kept, and and I and and and, and during, earlier in the day, I'm looking and I'm like, and I'm talking to the ring crew. I'm like, 
can we get some more slack in the i mean these zip, i mean i could barely get a piece of pliers in they're tight thing. tight right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but the ring crew's like no we got to do it this way or else it's, it's it's clear you guys are on last this thing's, this thing's gonna fall off before we get to it mm-hmm. i'm like well I'm like, do do we, you know, I'm like, can we somehow loosen it prior to our match? Like, is there anything that could be done? Because you know, we we routinely have like the ring crew come in in between matches and make sure things, whatever. Right. And they're like, no, it can't be that way. They, they just, and I was so nervous. All like, and and then when the time came and you know lights are whatever, like I eventually got it, but it felt like the longest five seconds yeah. in the world trying well, to cut zip ties and whatever. And I got fans heckling me and. It, <laughs> Oh my god! I, I had if like, you did it in five seconds, you succeeded. Because I felt like Darby was cutting oh. stuff for like five minutes. I know it wasn't five minutes, but it really mm-hmm. felt that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it, uh, it it was it was a <laughs> that, that was my whole worry all day. Our, our RJ to our you know RJ you know sings us to the ring. He remembers words to to great lyrics. He's got the whole match to worry about. I got to worry about a few heat spots and cutting some zip ties. And I'm I'm panicking with these pliers all day trying to figure out how we're going to yeah. cut these zip ties. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, on uh, house show rings, we used to do the zip ties, and then um, who I forget who it was uh, got hot because they were supposed to untie it, and he saw the zip ties, and he just grabbed it, and just yanked it off, and just popped them everybody went ooh, okay yeah i want to say maybe it was brock (laughs) yeah but sound par for a course yeah pretty much (laughs) that's funny oh man well that was uh that was aw dynamite tonight it was not boring i'll give you that no No, it was it was it was a pretty good episode of dynamite i will give him that but it just again this these screws need to be tightened you know especially in the production department they need to get together and talk about what's happening on the show and letting the production team know hey when there's certain situations like we talked about in the first match with with the uh with the moxley situation he has to either he has to go and let them know or somebody has to let somebody know well i'll say this uh we talked about weeks ago how uh aew had a pretty significant hire a uh, former WWE production person uh, who, who's now leading their their, their, their TV, and and and, and the, the, I know that person will have noticed the things that we critique tonight. And so, while it can't be unseen or undone from what what happened tonight on live TV, it will be corrected and it will be brought up and it will be catalyst for better practices, whether again, it's more production meetings or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So again, I said earlier, growing pains, that's what it is. Uh, th- th- this will help the ship and things get to get tightened. It will. Um, so, you know, if, if we want to take positive out of it, that's what's going to happen. Um, and there's other things about the production and visuals that I think have been greatly improved. Whether you want to talk about where the, how the uh, commentators are shot and presented, mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of little things that are, actually have been improved, I think, visually from a TV standpoint mm-hmm. on AEW that we don't talk about because we don't really have a reason to. I agree. But I want to. Right. But I want to. Yeah, I want to give their shout out. I don't want to sound like I'm just, you know, crapping on. Right. Because we want to see them get better. Yep. Right. That's all. Yeah. We really do. Like I, I know I get I get called out for being an anti AEW. I'm not an anti AEW guy. I just want to see them do better. Yeah. That's all. So that was dynamite uh, again. Please, uh, thanks everybody for uh, being part of this tonight with us. Uh, so many uh, familiar, great faces. Love it. Um, uh, 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 somebody, uh, G uh, uh, Roy J. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I managed RJ yeah. for 
four or five years on the independent scene. Uh, he, he, we had several successful title reigns. Uh, R- RJ, in- RJ is tremendous. I, uh, what can oh, I tell you? Yeah. Oh my God. Just hey, tell so- me about RJ before everybody found out about him. He was like, you need yeah. to check him out. He's hilarious. And I've been following him. I, I love seeing him now, everything that he's doing, but yeah, mm-hmm. you've been around RJ for a long time. Yeah. I mean, and I always said, R- the, the, I, I always said RJ city has to get, himself on national television yeah. yeah it's a crime that he's not and he and yes. rj real quick <clears throat> rj's on tv in canada he's he was on mm-hmm. uh, canadian nickelodeon and, yeah uh, yeah on yeah. some others like but i was like he needs to get on mainstream american television because he's just too damn witted quick-witted yeah. to not yeah. be used absolutely uh, so I'm, you I'm know can you to... imagine him on uh whose line is this anyway um i i yeah i mean i I, I some of the, Didn't the WWE know, superstars just did the Wheel of Fortune. Can you imagine him on that? Oh. <laughs> I have a I have fun. R- R- RJ is so fun to be around. I have I have one memory where, where we all I don't remember where what 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 town or whatever we were in, but um you know we everybody went out afterwards for for some late dinner and, and maybe a soda pop or two. RJ pulls up to the bar with the rest of us. He orders a Shirley Temple, and 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 just. You know, especially if you can get him interacting with people that don't know us, that are not the rest part of the wrestling crowd, just mm-hmm. to watch him interact with people right. at a gas station or wherever. He he just the, the like life is his canvas. Every situation, every day, he finds a this this is a chance to entertain somebody. Mm-hmm. He, he's just a brilliant. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant. Yeah, he really and, is. And, and, and 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 you know, Jimmy, you can just, he's and he's a good person. He's a good guy. Like you yeah, feel he, like happy supporting the guy. Yeah, no, it's like you said, it's a crime that he's not on national television right now. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the hey, e- AEW, or, mm. what is it? Hey, EW uh, continues mm. to yeah to take off. <laughs> All hey. right. it, when they do it in Canada, it should be E H E W. A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has coffee in his underwear. I watched those. He two. makes coffee <laughs> in his yeah, underwear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, RJ. All right, uh, that was the show tonight. Again, like, subscribe, comment, do all the things, please. I mean, look, free podcast is going to keep being free for you. So la- at least I ask you, just take like one minute out of your day and just take a minute to hit five stars, leave a nice comment, what have you. Nice. We'll keep giving you free content. I just ask you to do that so we can continue to grow this podcast the way mm-hmm. we want to do it. Jimmy, plug away. Plug away at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, at Real Jimmy Corderas on Instagram, and all my social media platforms. You can catch me here on Monday nights with Triple J usually. And on Wednesday nights, it's Justin, Issa, and myself uh, covering Dynamite. And now I talk, reffing it up with my good brother and striped Ryan Hebner on Wednesdays. And uh, this week's uh, topic, Sir William Regal. Oh, see, I like that too. I like Brian because he's a Hebner. That 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 that's referee uh, royalty. And Brian Hebner, if, if from what I gather, uh, it, 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 he and I share the same football team. We're both Washington. Uh, yeah, you guys are both uh, commanders. Commanders. So yes. So I, I never, I've never. Ta- I don't think I've ever talked to Brian about about that. But that, that's, <laughs> uh, that's he, yeah. he's close to my. He's close to me for that reason. Yeah, and also the the ref and rants you can check out from Monday to Friday. If I didn't mention that, love the rest. And if I did, and if I didn't mention, if I did mention it already, hey, I mentioned it again. <laughs> I, Jimmy, I have been working your ref and rants into my morning routine, uh, to where oh. when I am having coffee, I feel like it's like my one minute to have coffee with you. So I do cue them up, and I, even if even if oh. I see them on my timeline at let's say nine a.m. If I haven't poured my coffee yet, I go right I wait till later until I yeah. pour my coffee, and then I cue it back up so I can have my one minute coffee with Jimmy. 
It's like, it's really funny that you say that because my routine with Jimmy is when I get done at the gym. I always sit down in the locker room for a second with the headsets, like, leave me alone. That's when I actually watch the referee, right? So you always see me like it at a different time because I work out at a different time every day, but that's my minute with Jimmy. It's like when I need quiet time. <laughs> Thank you both so much. That means a lot. It really does. They need to be longer. Well, I mean, I know you, yeah, you always leave us wanting more, but one minute. I mean, come on, one minute. No, I, 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 my coffee's so hot. I'm like, I get like one sip out of it. I, I, I get that, but at the same time, leaving you wanting more is the way it should be. Right? It's the way to go. Yep, it is. Um, well, that's what that's that, that's that's what I'm told in life. Leave me wanting more. Uh, Isa, go ahead, plug away. NYC Demon Diva on YouTube and. So close to 20,000. I want to get there before WrestleMania. So if you guys can subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. There you go. Leave the five star rating here for us for our podcast. Go over to her, yeah. give her uh, a subscribe. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, again, follow me at Justin Labar across Twitter and across Instagram. I, my latest post, I posted a fun picture of me as a kid with King Kong Bundy. Um, Aww. Uh, so that, that's my social media is right now. Is I, I stumbled oh. upon a, a picture of me and him and catering. Uh, at a show in the 90s where he's holding a piece of cheese and I'm wearing a bad, ugly sweater. It's pretty oh. fun. Oh, go, I, go. Yeah, not to cut you off because you brought up something that, that today I was looking through something and it brought up a picture from like 1983, a picture of the big fro, myself, and Buzz Sawyer. That, oh, wow. That uh, scared my wife. <laughs> yeah. She goes, thank God you don't look like that now. <laughs> but so she, she, Aldra didn't know you in 1983, right? No, she didn't know me in 83, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't born yet. But anyways, um, <laughs> I could throw that at you, Jimmy. Thank you. No, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're I right. get it. Uh, no, uh, so that was my uh, that was my my social push of the day. Uh, follow me at Justin Bar. Uh, of course, here on the Wrestling Podcast all throughout the week, Monday, Wednesdays, uh, Friday morning. I'll be back this week with uh, – Dave LaGreca and Thunder Rosa spar with LaBar. We're going to talk all things Royal Rumble, so that'll be very entertaining. Um, again, thank you for everybody on this podcast. Much appreciated. Oh, I do have one more. Super, I'm, I'm sorry, Corey. Uh, your, your super chats were sliding past me today. We'll, we'll let Corey end the show, which is him saying, is this repackaging of Wardlow going to work? He looks less menacing with a new look, plus Samoa show, Samojo outshines him in every way. Uh, he didn't look any less. He didn't have the long hair, but he's still he's still Wardlow. He's still he's, he's still, still Wardlow. But I, yeah. I I I thought it was gonna be easy to get used to it, but I did see a difference. I do miss the hair, but we'll see where it goes. I did think they brought him out with a hot angle to end the night, so maybe it's a good reset for Wardlow. Hmm. Happy birthday to Ricky Saldivar in the chat, by the way. I know he's always in the chat, and it is his birthday, so happy birthday to Ricky. Miss Ricky. Yes. Born in 1989, also uh, well after Jimmy's wow. uh, fro picture. Yeah, I've already been roughing for two years. So, anyways, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Thank you, uh, thank you, Dylan. Appreciate the yeah the last comment there. All right. With that said, we are going to call it a night. Appreciate all of you. Uh, we this crew will be back next Wednesday, but you got many more podcasts on the wrestling channel. So just subscribe, and you won't miss a thing. Appreciate it. Be safe. Good night. Wrestling. It brings us all together. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 